Step into the hidden corridors of the past with Hometown History, where every episode uncovers the untold stories and secrets nestled in the streets and alleys of our own backyards. We bring history to life, revealing the extraordinary in the ordinary, from local legends to forgotten tales that shape the communities we know today. Tune into Hometown History and embark on a journey through time, right from where you are. Hey, it's Unspookable producer Nate Dufort here. We receive a lot of comments from listeners just like you, and we take the time to read each and every one. Be it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Q&A, our listeners give amazing suggestions of topics for future episodes. If you have a topic you'd like to hear covered, leave a comment, send us an email, or you and a grown-up can even post on Instagram or TikTok. We always appreciate hearing from our fans. And we've noticed recently a lot of suggestions for episodes we've already covered. That means this may be a good time for you to go back and listen to all of the incredible subjects we've covered in the past. And this week, we're doing just that as we revisit one of my favorites. Please enjoy this encore presentation of Spiders and Arachnophobia. Soundington Media! A woman is walking home from work. She's had a long day, and it's been a long week. A long month. Maybe even a long year. She sighs and tries not to drag her feet on the pavement, but it's hard. She is tired. And there's this bump on her neck, at the base of her skull, that's really been bothering her. Probably just a big mosquito bite. It has been damp this summer. Lots of mosquitoes out. She turns her key in the lock of the front door. Hello, she says. Hi, I'm in the kitchen, her sister replies. They've always been best friends, and living together is an added bonus. They take care of each other. Long day, her sister calls. You have no idea, she responds. Put your feet up, I'll bring you a drink. The woman smiles and gratefully collapses on the couch. Her sister hands her a glass and flops on the couch beside her. What'd you get up to, she asks. Worked a little, cleaned a little, exciting stuff. I see that. She nods to the vacuum and other supplies strewn around the room. I said I cleaned a little. She rolls her eyes. Ah! The woman grabs at her neck. What's wrong? Her sister says. This dang bug bite. It won't go away. Stop itching it. Let me see. As her sister approaches, shining her phone's flashlight at her sister's neck to get a better look, her face begins to pale in horror. The bite. It's... it's moving. All of a sudden, the woman's bug bite bursts open, and dozens of baby spiders begin to pour out. They race over the woman, the couch, the floor. Her sister, thinking quickly, rushes to the vacuum cleaner. She turns it on and begins to suck up the baby spiders, one by one. But can she get to all of them in time? I'm Elise Parisian, and if this story sounds like your worst nightmare, you aren't alone. We'll be dissecting the very human fear of spiders, and some other creepy crawlies too, on this episode of Unspookable.
A spider is not an insect, even though people think of it as an insect, because it has eight legs. A spider is actually a it's a type of arachnid. Yeah, I think a spider's an arachnid. It has a lot of legs and a tiny little circle body and a bu- sometimes a bunch of little eyes. But I think they're pretty cute. To me, a spider is terrifying because I'm scared of spiders. But sometimes they can actually be kind of cute. Other times they can be terrifying because sometimes they can have really long legs or really short legs. Sometimes they can have huge bodies, tiny bodies. A spider is... Something that I know a lot of people are scared of, but it's like kind of like ants. It's just like a little bug. And they're very helpful because they eat insects that might harm you. Before we get any further in, let's get something cleared up right away. Spiders cannot hatch out of your body. No way, no how, not possible. Makes for a good story, though, doesn't it? Maybe that's why tall tales like the one you just heard are pretty common. So common, in fact, that Rod Crawford, a spider expert at the Burke Museum in Seattle, Washington, has a whole page on the department's website just for busting spider myths. The spiders hatching out of a bite premise? Very popular, according to Rod, who details a few different versions of the urban legend. Like one where a woman goes on a tropical vacation, and that's where she gets the bite, which doesn't hatch until she gets home. Or one where a person shows up at the dentist with a swollen jaw, only to find that the swelling is actually a sack full of baby spiders. These stories all rely on the premise that spiders are somehow able to bite someone and then lay eggs in the wound. Which, how would that even work? Rod says, Spiders do not find the human body a suitable site for egg laying. And no actual case anything like this can be found anywhere in scientific or medical literature. But this begs the question why do people love to insist that this has happened? To investigate why humans love to make spiders out to be the worst of the creepy crawlies, let's examine some details more closely. Spiders are arthropods, which means they are invertebrates with an exoskeleton, segmented bodies, and paired joint appendages. Arthropod is a large category in classification and includes tens of thousands of species, ranging from crabs to butterflies to scorpions to spiders. Spiders fall into the subcategory of arthropods called arachnids, which includes scorpions, ticks, and mites. Almost all adult arachnids have eight jointed legs, while other types of arthropods have many different structures. The root word arachnid comes from the story of Arachne, an ancient Greco-Roman myth made popular by Ovid's collection of stories called the Metamorphoses. Arachne was said to be the daughter of Idmon, a famous cloth dyer. She was a masterful weaver, creating the most beautiful tapestries ever seen. She got so good that she began to claim that she was better than Athena, goddess of wisdom and crafts, among many other things. People warned Arachne that her gift was made possible by Athena, that she shouldn't be so prideful. 
but she challenged Athena to a weaving contest nonetheless. When they had both finished, Arachne's tapestry was far and away the more magnificent. Athena could find no flaw in it, and in a rage, she turned Arachne into a spider, dooming her and her offspring to weave forever. Arachne's name is used as the root word for arachnid, and some Romance languages, like French and Spanish, also use it as the root of their words for spider. Spider itself came from the Old English word spinnen, meaning to spin. It seems that over millennia, humans have remained fascinated with these eight-legged friends' abilities to produce tapestries of their own. Around 400 million years ago, life was just evolving out of the oceans and onto land for the first time. Under the water, prehistoric arachnids scuttled around in abundance. Many looked like they could be related to horseshoe crabs, though without the shell. Over millions of years on land, a new type of arachnid evolved. Instead of one longer, wider body, they began to evolve to have segments, both an abdomen and a thorax, and eventually, a spinneret underneath. They were likely ground dwellers, not yet using their silk to make webs like our modern spiders, but instead using it to line their burrows, protect their eggs, or create traps for their prey. In 1980, Argentinian paleontologist Mario Hunnikin discovered a 300 million year old fossil that was soon named Mega Arachne. This fossil looked like it belonged to a spider with a leg span of almost 21 inches. One of the largest known spider species living today is the Goliath bird eater of the Amazon and other areas in northern South America. It is named so because, yes, it's big enough to eat small birds, though it usually has rodents, lizards, snakes, and frogs on the menu. The Goliath bird eater has only about a 12-inch leg span. So you can see why scientists originally named this fossil Great Spider. Unfortunately, or rather maybe fortunately for the other creatures living 300 million years ago, it turns out that this fossil probably belonged to an aquatic arthropod. Again, more akin to a horseshoe crab than a modern-day spider. Even though they weren't as mega as once believed, the original prehistoric spiders were living so long ago, 150 million years before dinosaurs, and yet there are still very close descendants of them living today. There are multiple species living in Asia, in parts of China and Indonesia, that are referred to as trapdoor spiders, whose appearance and habits remain almost unchanged from hundreds of millions of years ago. It's kind of amazing to think about. In some cases, evolution has created such a well-suited creature to this planet that it can survive the changes of hundreds of millions of years. Humans have only been around for roughly 300,000 years. There's a popular comparison to try and help us understand just how short that is in the history of the Earth. If we represented all of time on Earth in one day, from midnight to midnight, or 24 hours, humans wouldn't exist until around one minute before midnight. Spiders, though, in this comparison, 
they probably appear around 9 or 10 minutes before midnight. So as creepy as they may be for some of us, clearly spiders have something figured out, right? Even if the time that humans and spiders have shared on Earth has been relatively short in the grand scheme of things, our species has formed some strong opinions on their species in that short time. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Arachnophobia is a fear of spiders? I've heard of arachnophobia. Arachnophobia is when you're scared of spiders. I think it means fear of spiders. Um, I have arachnophobia. I have a fear of spiders. And to me, it... I have it because I just don't like the thought of them, like, crawling on me and the fact... I feel like just the way they look creeps me out and it bothers me. I'm not scared of spiders because they don't scare you and there's nothing scary about spiders. I don't have arachnophobia, but I am sometimes freaked out by them. But I know that they're not harmful, especially the house-like spiders. I think other people would be scared of spiders because spiders are do look creepy and also they might think spiders are scary or they might hurt them. Think about the last time that you saw a spider. Was it inside? Outside? In a book? On a screen? If simply being asked to think about a spider makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, it's okay. You are not alone. Arachnophobia, or fear of spiders, is common in many cultures. For some, it might just feel like a strong dislike. You don't want to see one or be in a room with one. It makes you uneasy. For others, the phobia can be more serious causing panic responses like sweating and elevated heart rate and running away or becoming paralyzed with fear, the flight or freeze responses. It's worth saying that Unspookable exists as a show because many humans share similar fears and we want to talk openly about the roots of those fears. But it's also important to acknowledge that some of us don't share the same fears at all. And just because someone else's fear, or the way that it affects them, doesn't make sense to us, that doesn't mean it isn't real. Or that they can just get over it. Phobias can be irrational. A person with arachnophobia might understand logically that a tiny spider on the other side of the room isn't going to hurt them, but they still can't look at it. They still might have to leave the room and take deep breaths to calm down. You might be that person, and that's okay. Telling someone, or telling yourself, not to be afraid of spiders or anything else is not going to change how your body reacts. We can learn to understand and live with our fears over time, but only if we accept that they are real, and it's okay for ourselves and others to have them. In the case of arachnophobia, like with many fears, it might be impossible to say exactly what causes it, or what causes it to be so common. But there are a few theories. 
One is about human evolution. Some evolutionary psychologists, people who study how human thoughts and emotions might be linked to adaptation as a species over time, believe that our early human ancestors, who had a more developed fear of spiders, might have been more likely to survive and thereby pass along that fear to their descendants. Unlike other predators, a venomous spider would have presented the unique challenge of being too small to see immediately in some cases. So it could be that over time, people who were more wary of spiders were the ones who didn't get bitten and then were able to, well, keep living. In 1993, Psychologists did a series of experiments designed to learn about how quickly people can develop fear associations with spiders and snakes. They found that it usually only took one round of stimuli to condition a fear response, and that that response stayed active much longer without regular exposure. That's just a fancy, evolutionary psychologist way of saying, showing people pictures of snakes and spiders made them have a regular fear response more easily and for a longer period of time after seeing the pictures than showing them pictures of poisonous plants or other possible threats. In another study in 2001, researchers showed people images of flowers and mushrooms that included spiders, and images of spiders that included flowers and mushrooms. People almost immediately spotted the spider among the flowers, but when confronted with images of mostly spiders, people took much longer to be able to see that there were mushrooms or flowers also in the image. It seems that our bodies might be wired to identify and respond to spiders quickly, and that could be an evolutionary adaptation. Some scholars question the evolutionary theory, though, and suggest that fear of spiders is learned through direct or cultural experiences. Of course, if you have a bad experience with a spider, it's easy to understand why that would make you afraid of them. But what about if you've never had a negative experience, but you still react strongly? A survey by the American Psychiatric Association found that one out of every 10 people in the United States lives with a phobia of some kind. Of those, around 40% are related to bugs, snakes, rodents, or bats. But that's just the United States. There are regions of the world where some species of spiders are eaten as a delicacy and shown off to tourists, as they are in Cambodia. There are places where spiders are considered good luck. And there are many cultures that have myths and folklore in which spiders are good spirits, protectors, and gods. The Hopi people are native North Americans who live on Hopitutsqua, land that was renamed Arizona. The Hopi named the spider grandmother, as one of the oldest existing beings, who was present at the creation of the world. She can appear in spider form or as an old woman. She gives advice and helps people in many ways. People say she lives at Spider Rock in the Canyon de Shelley in Arizona. Spider Grandmother is also a part of Navajo and other Native North Americans' cultures. You may have heard too about Anansi the Spider, a trickster god of knowledge and stories from the Akan people of West Africa, now living primarily in the countries known as Ghana and the Ivory Coast. In one of the most popular Anansi stories, he gets so greedy for wisdom that he gathers every scrap of it into a pot to keep it all for himself. 
He wants to keep the pot safe in a tree, but it's so big with all the knowledge in the world within it that he can't carry it up the tree, even with eight legs. As he struggled time and time again to find a way to both hold the pot and climb the tree, his son approached. Watching him for a moment, he said, why don't you just tie the pot to your back? Then you will be able to climb. Anansi realized that even with all the wisdom he could ever gather, the child could still think of something that he couldn't. The pot crashes to the earth, and a great storm washes all the knowledge to the four corners of the earth, where it now lives with a small bit in each one of us. Anansi's stories made their way to the Caribbean, North America, and South America when Western Africans were enslaved and taken across the Atlantic Ocean. Stories of this good spider, good even though he often gets into trouble, are part of many different cultures as a result. Some scholars would argue that cultures of European descent, those in European countries or places like North America that were colonized by Europeans, are more likely to have fears of spiders than people from other parts of the world. This could be because there are more spider species in warmer climates, giving people who live in those regions of the world more chances to live alongside spiders without fear. It could also be because some Europeans a few centuries ago believed that spiders were carriers of terrible diseases, though that has never been proven in the way that we know other types of insects, arachnids, and some rodents can transmit diseases to humans. Though we may not be able to say for sure who is most afraid of spiders or why, we can certainly see the effects of our spider obsession in modern popular culture. We'll check in with the most famous Spideys after this. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much more in the hundreds of episodes of The Past and the Curious. You know, quite often people will say to me, Mick, my kid loves your show. But you know what? I love your show too. And that's what it's all about. Bringing grown-ups and kids together to learn and laugh while they discover new stories about underwear saving people's lives, the origin of the swimsuit, or figures like inventor Garrett Morgan, astronomer Mariah Mitchell, or spy and baseball player Mo Berg. So if you want to get hip to the show, you can find the Past and the Curious in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me. I've heard of a couple movies that have like giant spiders and stuff, but of course that can't happen. Spiders that I've seen in videos, movies, like anything are there was spiders in a singer's video billy eilish uh she had spiders in her video but i don't know if they were real or if they were edited but like they were crawling all over her um another thing that i've seen spiders in is like minecraft i've also heard of spider-man um a superhero he was the pirate of actor spider and he's part of the avengers is like in comic books like spider-man 
and also in like videos because I always come across these videos that I hate because I hate spiders of like giant spiders in Australia and stuff like that. I've seen Harry Potter that has giant spiders in it. Halloween reminds me of spiders um, because they have little spider decorations and that's like most Halloween decorations are either have to do with pumpkins, uh, witches or spiders. So that's what I mostly see. What is the first thing you think about when you think spider? What quality or characteristic comes to mind? A study from City University London found that many people's first responses, whether they reported being afraid of spiders or not, were fast and leggy. And most spiders are both of those things. Many humans are bipedal creatures, meaning they walk upright on two legs. Of course, that's not everyone's experience, but that's one of the fundamentals of the design of the human skeleton. A creature with eight legs? With an exoskeleton? It's pretty hard for humans to put ourselves in all eight of those shoes. Just like it's pretty hard to comprehend the proportion of those eight legs to body size. There are multiple arachnids who aren't technically spiders, but are often assumed to be so, like the daddy long legs and the flocid, whose bodies can sometimes be as small as less than a tenth of an inch, but whose legs can be almost two inches. Could you imagine if human legs were 20 times as long as our torsos? And then there's the giant huntsman. Residing in the caves of Laos in southeastern Asia, with related species found in nearby regions and in Australia, the giant huntsman can grow to be roughly the size of a dinner plate, sometimes reaching leg spans of 12 inches. It's possible that one of the things people fear the most about spiders is their ability to bite. The truth of the matter is that in almost all cases, the last thing a spider wants is to interact with a human, let alone bite one. There are 43,000 species of spider in the world. Of those, only about 30 species have been responsible for human deaths. Many spiders do have venom that helps them kill and digest their prey. Many do this by injecting the venom to liquefy the prey's insides, and then slurping it out like a smoothie. Yum. But that prey is meant to be things like insects, or maybe small rodents or reptiles, depending on the size of the species. Most spiders aren't big enough to bite a human, and even for the ones that can, their venom has no impact on us. We are just too big. With the few that are dangerous, however, antivenoms have been created in the event that a human is bitten, like for the Brazilian wandering spider, considered to be the most dangerous in the world. Its venom quickly affects the neuromuscular system and can lead to quick changes in blood pressure and heart rate, excessive sweating, vertigo, and convulsions. But it should be mentioned that it's rare for a bite to actually be deadly, Antivenom is extremely effective. Of course, though it might be extremely rare for a spider's venom to have any effect on a human, other than perhaps an itch or a sting, that doesn't stop us from imagining the worst-case scenario when it comes to spider bites. Or, in some cases, the best-case scenario. Take Peter Parker, for example. 
just an average, everyday teenager, until a genetically modified spider's bite turns him into Spider-Man. The Marvel comic book character was first created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko in 1962, and remains one of the most well-known superheroes in Western pop culture, with many animated and live-action spin-offs. It seems that for us, the powerful qualities of a spider are made less creepy when given to a human. The bite gives Parker superhuman strength and abilities. He can climb up walls and sense danger with his spidey sense. Too bad the original spider got none of the credit though, right? Spider characters in books like Charlotte's Web by E.B. White, James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl, and the Harry Potter novels all feature spider characters that are kind and even heroic at points, a much needed side of the story, when there are also characters like Shalob in Lord of the Rings, or depictions of spiders taking over, like in the film Arachnophobia. So which side do you fall on? Could you watch or read about a scary spider? Or a kind one? Or would you prefer to avoid them altogether? even the fictional ones. Though there may be many arachnophobes in the world, there are some people who are arachnophiles, people who admire and even enjoy spiders, like Rod Crawford, who we talked about at the beginning of the episode. In addition to busting spider myths on the Burke Museum website, Rod answers questions about spiders all the time. The most common thing he says is that spiders are harmless creatures who prefer eating bugs. Without them, he says, your house would be so overrun with insects that you couldn't even live there. So is there any chance that the next time you see a spider, you'll consider perhaps how it sees you, the large creature who will potentially destroy it or its home? After all, we would rather have them on our side, wouldn't we? Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit, produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. Special thanks this week to our guests Desmond, Blythe, and Al. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice, or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.